Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know we had a wonderful time last week. And I think some persons might be having a little jet lag or lag over from last week. All the, all the excitement of convocation. Friday night we were here until 11.40. My God, what a convocation we had. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But as you're standing, I want you to grab your Bibles with me. Hallelujah. I greet the Spirit of the Lord this morning that is in this place. In his absence, I greet my Bishop and First Lady Gillian Thomas, all the elders, missionaries, ministers, evangelists, whatever your post, whatever capacity you're here in this morning. I just want to greet all God's wonderful children in the wonderful name of Jesus. I'm really happy to see everybody in the house this morning. Can we just wave our hands and give God thanks this morning? Hallelujah. We go into Psalm 21. And all of Psalm 21, I'll be reading a different version from you, but I think you can follow. And I'm going to ask Brother Shamar to put it on the screen as well. Psalm 21. I'm reading the NIV version. It says, The king rejoices in your strength, Lord. How great is his joy in the victories you give. You have granted his heart's desires and have not withheld the request of his lips. You came to greet him with rich blessings and place a crown of pure gold on his head. He asks you for life and you gave it to him. Length, you gave to him length of these forever and ever. Through the victories you gave, his glory is great. You have bestowed on him splendor and majesty. Surely you have granted him unending blessings and have and made him glad with the joy of your presence. Verse 7 says, For the king trusts in the Lord through the unfailing love of the Mosai. He will not be shaken. Verse 8, Your hand will lay hold on all your enemies your right hand will seize your foes when you appear for battle you will burn them up as in a blazing furnace the lord will swallow them up in his wrath and his fire will consume them you will destroy their descendants from the earth your posterity from mankind their posterity from mankind though they plot evil against you and devise wicked schemes they cannot succeed. Somebody say they cannot succeed. You will make them turn their backs when you aim at them with drawn bow. Be exalted in your strength, Lord. We will sing and praise your might. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you for this day that you have made. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are still God. You reign in heaven and in earth. God, we declare even in this atmosphere that there is nothing too hard for you to do. As I stand here today, Heavenly Father, as a vessel, I pray, mighty God, that you pour out your spirit even now. Let your word be one that encourages, delivers, transforms somebody's life, Heavenly Father. We capture this atmosphere for your honor and your glory. We come against every power and every principality that seeks to come against your word. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that your word will go forth, mighty God, with power and in authority. As we say, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. As we are on convocation, I just want to say a big congratulations to those persons who were appointed and ordained in their respective positions. We have one more representative up here. That's, that's Elder Rohan Dawkins. I'm happy for that. Right, really pleased with that. I'll also make another mention, which is missionary Camille Beckford Palmer, who was appointed. And, and fitting so, because a lot of what I do, she would be doing as well. Um, she would have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, so it's only fitting that she gets... Um, something behind the name, I guess. And a lot of persons, you know, 
when it comes to positions, they're kind of iffy. They'll do the work, but they don't want the position. Unfortunately, we need some persons with the positions. The persons can see it comes with some authority. And persons respect the positions as well. So we just want to give God thanks for all the persons who were appointed and ordained. The work has just started. There's much work to do. Keep doing what you're doing. Continue on this path. I know it's not easy. Certainly not easy. But God is awesome. And God will give you the grace to make it. Amen? Amen. I have one announcement, which is on the um, scholarship and grants that we have for our children. So for those who want to apply, for those who haven't brought in their monies yet, the deadline is July 31st to bring in the contribution that you would have collected. And if it's from collection from others or yourself, the deadline is July 31st. Also, for persons who want to apply, the scholarship is now, it's now open for applications. The link was sent in the church WhatsApp group, as Ella Mark reemphasized that persons really should get into the WhatsApp group. Way easier to manage when you would go and fill out that form, Google form, right? There's also physical forms for those who have not, um, are not up to speed with the, the electronic format. So you may collect it from missionary Camille um, after church. So this morning I stand before you. The word that the Lord gave me this morning is, would be titled, The Battles We Fight. The Battles We Fight. So after all that rejoicing, Last week, and we spoke about God's glory. You know, we really have to come back. I heard Asafa Powell speaking about going to world championships and Olympics and all that happens there. And when they come back and they celebrate and they get the big celebration, he said, you have to go back home to the bills. You have to go back home to <laughs> feeding your children. You have to go back to putting car in your gas. And as children of God, we understand, we understand, right? That after we are celebrated and we understand how we are basking in the presence of God and the glory of God, we really have to go and really face the battles that are still before us. My God, we still have to face some giants. We still have to overcome some things that are right before us. The problem at home didn't go away when we sang. It didn't disappear magically. For some of us, it did. The presence of the Lord can do that. It can wipe out all our troubles. But we still have things that we have to face. Every single day, we have to make decisions. We have to battle with some decisions and some things that we have to face. I wanted to make sure that I'm not exaggerating in saying that we are fighting some battles. So I, I went to the definition to make sure I'm, I'm speaking on the right thing, right? So according to the Cambridge Dictionary, battle means a determined effort to achieve something in a difficult situation or to change a bad situation. So having heard that definition, anybody believe that they're in some sort of battle? It says a determined effort to achieve something in a difficult situation. I don't know about you, but just getting up every single day and going to work, it is a battle. It is a struggle. As a child of God who is a spiritual being living in a physical world, it is a battle. It is very difficult for you to be a spiritual being in a world that is dominated by physical things. So that in and of itself is a battle. Another definition says, to struggle tenacious, tenaciously to achieve or resist something. It's a little bit more intense. You are not in a battle if you have thrown in the white flag. If you have given up on fighting, you are not in a battle. The battle has already been won. It has been settled. But if you are still fighting, it means that you are in the battle. And I'm here to assure you that means that if you're in a battle and you are in God's kingdom and God is on your side, victory is sure. So it doesn't matter the battles we are fighting this morning. 
I can assure you that victory is yours. In Psalm 21, as we just read, it said in verse 11, Though they plot evil against you and devise wicked schemes, they cannot succeed. They shall not succeed. And I know some people might be saying, Boy, Elder, I hear you, but the things them are rough. Yeah, I know it's rough. But the God that you serve is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or imagine. So if you're trying to fight this battle by yourself and on your own, surely you're going to lose. But I will trust in the Lord, my God, this morning. Hallelujah. So throughout our lives, we face difficult battles. And I've put them in two categories this morning. One is internal battles that we fight. The other is an external battle. Our external battles that may be there. We do have struggles on the inside that we have to face. If we examine the life of David, we saw David had some struggles. He had some battles that he had to face. Those were internal and also external. David, unlike us, we would fight physical battles. He was on the battlefield. He made a name for himself by slaying a lot. They started comparing his amount of persons that he would have killed compared to Saul, which led to some jealousy, which caused another battle to start. A, a jostle for position. When somebody was supporting the kingdom, Saul's kingdom, Saul didn't see it that way. He saw it as a threat. Rest assured, brethren, that sometimes when God places you in positions and you start advancing, you will become a threat to somebody. There will be other battles that you will have to fight, in quotations, that you did not even plan for. You didn't even see it coming because the enemy you're now facing is not the enemy you intended to have in your space and was never supposed to be your enemy. Success in your life and family and friends hating you was never the, your intention. You thought that, yes, you'll go to university. Yes, you'll do well. You'll have some money and you'll help your family. But you didn't expect jealousy to come to be a part of it. That was never the plan. And you're now facing a battle with people who you love dearly. David was faced with that situation. And David could have killed Saul. But he had a love and he had respect. The love that he had for God was paramount. And he could not do anything that would oppose God's will. Because God would have appointed and anointed Saul to be king. And David could not do anything to come against the thing that God would have instituted. My God. So the struggle is real. God called David a man after his own heart. But many a times, if you look through the scriptures, David was repenting. Famously in Psalm 51, David is crying out to the Lord. He saw his sinful ways. He says, my sins are ever before thee, my God. And if we know the story of David, how he would have seen the lust of the eyes and he would have seen Bathsheba having a bath. And he was caught up, as we say these days. And he made his intentions clear. From one sin to another sin, he put Uriah in the path of battle. He knew he would die. Covering up one sin with another sin. My God. That's the struggle that we face sometimes. My God. When we do things that people don't see, and we are going to be found out, we try to cover it up. That's a battle that we face. But David, God called David a man after his own heart. See, amidst the struggles and the difficulties that David had, he still had a good heart. He still was walking in the will of the Lord. If you examine David's life, and I told a story about Saul, he was merciful. Just like God is merciful, David was also merciful. When his children rose up against him, and he could have killed them many a times, he still extended mercy time after time after time. And that's how God treats with us. Many of situations we, we, are, we place ourselves in, God could have wiped us out. But he extended his mercies morning by morning. We are benefiting from that. And God saw that in David. 
as God called him a man after his own heart. So David had a relationship with, with God. And as with our walk with God, we do from time to time have these struggles, have these battles that we have to face. Mighty God. So, the battles we face, I said two categories. One internal and one external. So the internal struggles or battles that we face, one of them is the struggle to be who God called us to be. There is a constant struggle, a constant fight to be in right standing, to meet the mark that God has ordained us to be. And many a times when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we really said, boy, we do not compare. There's a songwriter, he spoke about a stained glass masquerade. When you look on everybody else, everybody else seems to have it together. Everybody seems to be a perfect Christian. You come to church and they, they put themselves together physically. But when you look at them, you don't see sin. But when you examine your life, you understand that you have a struggle. And you are in your mind, you do not look like them, you do not operate like them. They're so into the spirit, they're so anointed. And if you examine yourself, you are struggling. You are battling in your mind because you are not quite matching up when you look on others. And that is a constant struggle. My God. But if we examine and we look into the word of God, Romans 12. Verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Brethren, you see, the world has a definition of who you are supposed to be. And ever so often, they, they provide you with what seems to be successful and what you should look like. Who you should be like, who you should talk like, who you should act like. And what you should have at a certain age, at age 20, you should have a degree going into your master's degree. And you should be looking to be married and have a car and have a house. Those are the things that sometimes people say dictate who what your definition is. And when you start comparing yourself at age 20, you still do some CXC. You're going to even class. My God, at age 20, some people even to the point that they can't even read. Does that make them a bum? They're not worth anything. So the world's view of us is not what God has prescribed in his word. Once you have become a child of God, you are now looking at the definition which God has laid up for you. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind should be different. You cannot be looking and walking in the ways of this world. Mighty God, Instagram should not be your source of what looks like the perfect life. Your perfect life and image is still in the word of God. The Bible says that I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. My God, that has not changed. His word still stands today. It doesn't matter what money I have in my pocket. I am still a child of God. I put it to you that anybody who is, has been filled with the Holy Ghost, walking with the Lord, you are nowhere normal. You cannot be normal. So don't try to fit in the box that the world has created. You'll have a greater, an even greater struggle trying to fit yourself into that box. You are not what the world says you are. The devil is out there creating scenarios to say this is what you should look like. But we declare the devil to be a liar this morning. I am who God says I am supposed to be. I am a chosen generation. I'm a peculiar people, my God. God calls me a lender and not a borrower. God says, I am blessed and highly favored. It doesn't matter what my bank account says right now. I am blessed and highly favored. It doesn't matter what my family members think of me. I am blessed and highly favored. 
It doesn't matter what my position say at work. I am a child of God. I am blessed and highly favored. And it says that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's where I want to be. In the will of God. Not in the will of man. I remember coming to church, getting saved in 2006. And after being saved, the conversation started coming. So when you get married? I got married in 2011. It's the narrative change. So when you're having your first picnic? I had one child. So when you have the next one? The truth is you cannot please people. My God, they don't know your story. They haven't seen, they haven't been where you have been. They don't understand the struggles that you are fighting right now. They don't understand the battles that are in your mind that you have to overcome. You're talking about getting married. I have to go into marriage as a whole person. I cannot go into marriage broken. I have to start out myself first. I am not going to go into marriage because you said I should get married. And that's the battles that we have to face. It's real. So external conversations somehow creep into your mind. And you start thinking and it starts playing on your mind. Should I really be at a better place in my life? Should I really have been married long ago? Because people keep telling me that I should be, I should be married then. I should have had a car. Because it seems like that is where I should. The devil is a liar. As long as you're walking in the will of God. As long as you're walking according to his purpose. Don't be, don't be daunted or intimidated by what persons have to say about you. My God Almighty. Don't let it creep into your spirit and start to dictate what you think of yourself. Stick to the word of God. Because in due season, my God, when God dictates it and when he allows it, your change is going to come. According to his will and his purpose. My God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 16 it says, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And as God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. You have to see yourself as the temple of the living God. Don't allow any and anything to creep into this temple, this vessel that you have. Treat it with caution, my God. Because the battles get more intense and you start feel like you're losing when you allow certain things to come into your spirit. Do not allow your spirit to be contaminated by the things of this world. Allow your temple to be the temple. Hallelujah. So the struggle is real. Therefore, wherefore, come out from among them. Be separate, say the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive thee. Virgin, the struggle for many of us is that we are trying to fit in too much. We're trying too much for people to like us. My God, hallelujah. And we start to compromise our beliefs and our position because we want people to like us. We care too much what people think about us and what we are doing. My God, but as long as I'm pleasing God, everything else has to fall into place. I don't matter what you think or say about me, as long as I'm walking and doing God's will, I don't care. I realize something that society does, Jamaica, as we do it. The minute somebody becomes popular or famous, we fling on a, a tag on them to say they are role models. Role models for who? Role models for what? 
Some of these people, they are so confused. They are out of their minds. They don't know what they are doing and what they are about. And they want to be role models for who? For what? We are the role models. We are the chosen generation. We are the ones who are standing on the word of God. We are the ones who are walking by the principles and the ordinances of God. We are the ones who should be out there shouting at the mountaintop. They have distorted marriage. They have distorted relationships. They have distorted every single thing. You can do anything as long as it brings you money. It is acceptable as long as they don't know and they don't find out. But we declare the devil to be a liar. The Bible is calling us to be separate. To come out from among them. We cannot be seen and heard dwelling in unclean things. God is saying that is after you have made yourself separate, touch not the unclean thing, I will receive you. So the struggle is real. We cannot fit into the world's prescription of who we are supposed to be. Who we are is still according to the word of God. It's not by some guru are some specialists who all of a sudden become an expert because they are social media influencers. Some of these people, they are so queer in their actions and in their mind. But yet still, you want to be an influencer over my child? Children of God, we have to understand that we are in a real battle. We have to be fighting for what is determined to be natural relationships. My God, what they are creating to be a representation of a man, a family man, a man in this society, or a woman in this society, has been messed up. The struggle is real. This, these are the battles that we are now fighting. And we can't sit around church and watch these people all of a sudden dictate and take over all the institutions that God has created. They don't accept our positions, but they want to be accepted. The devil is a liar. We will not conform to their ways. We are not throwing in the white flag. No retreat, no surrender. My God, hallelujah. Let us go and look at another internal struggle that we have. There's a struggle that we face with accepting our assignment and where we are to be. If you paid close attention to what transpired in our convocation just now, you saw that there was a battle, even with our leadership, our pastors, our bishops. So you who are in the congregation, do not think you're in this battle or this fight alone. The struggle is not, the leaders are not immune to struggle and to have their own battles that they have to be fighting. As a matter of fact, I put it to you that their battles and their struggles might be greater than your struggle or battle. The assignment that has been placed upon their life invariably put them in a position to be in a constant war with the adversary. And for what of being in a constant battle, some people want to back out. And even before accepting the position, there is a battle whether or not you should accept that position. Because you know when you get into the position, there is a, now a greater accountability and responsibility upon you. Some people don't want that. They rather to sit on the sidelines and support. Yeah, man, we support you in the elder job, but I don't think we can't take up the position. Because you know that there is some accountability that comes with it. But somebody has to do it. My God. Jeremiah had the same problem. Moses had the same problem. Jonah had the same problem. Elijah had the same problem. After a great victory, Elijah became suicidal. Because his assignment began to overwhelm him. He said, God, is me alone to fight the battle here. Nobody not left for me alone upon the battlefield. My God, the assignment is greater sometimes than your abilities. God has a calling upon your life and purpose.
purposes upon your life. But it seems daunting because God is bigger than me. You're right. It's bigger than you. That's why you have to depend on the grace of Jesus Christ. God says his grace is sufficient for you. So where your abilities fall short, God is going to lift you up. Don't back from the assignment. But we have a struggle regarding the assignment that is on our life. It doesn't matter what the position may be. It doesn't matter what you do in church. You think the battle in a church rough? Talk about the battle them outside. We come to church on a Sunday morning and we may spend three hours here. It means that we spend majority of our days outside of these walls. So your assignment is not here only. The struggle or the battle becomes even realer. When you got, get on the outside, my God, you know that you are supposed to be witnessing to people. But there is a battle in your mind to say, God, I want to have to talk to that person here. If they're going to shame me, I'm going to like shame, you know. So I'm not go tell them about Jesus. Oh God, but we know, mighty God, what is to come? That there is a condemnation for those who are not saved. Mighty God. And we know as children of God that we ought to be witnesses for Christ. But we shut up our mouth because there is a battle in our minds because self gets in the way. So yes, we were jubilant when we became saved and we used to tell everybody about Jesus. But all of a sudden now you become a learned person. You're more educated in the word. And all of a sudden you stop talking to people about Jesus. Your assignment is not done. You ought to be witnesses for Christ. The battle also gets more intense. When you get a position in church, my God, and you start seeing some things that you never saw before, you thought everything was good and hunky-dory when you were looking from afar off. And now you're a bit closer to the action and you start seeing some things that say, my God, I can't believe us. But guess what? This is God's church. Your assignment is your assignment. And it doesn't matter what is happening in the background. It doesn't matter what is happening. Your assignment is still your assignment. The preacher said last week, do not drop the baton. You are also helping the bishop to carry the baton. You know? And the assignment, the leg that you are placed on, do not squander the opportunity. There is a struggle regarding your assignment. My God, hallelujah. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing. Well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The battle becomes intense, brethren, sometimes. That we want to give up, not true? Sometimes you want to throw in the towel and give up that position that you got, not true? But if you don't give up your position at work so easily, why are you giving up the position in church? Do not be weary in well-doing. And sometimes, Virgin, we have to take ourselves out the picture. You're not working for yourself. You have a higher calling. You have a master who is sitting high and is looking low. He has placed you on assignment. And if God didn't tell you to move out of the position that you're in now, do not move. Work until he comes. Do not be weary. You shall not fail. You will not fail. You're, in, you're on assignment. There's also a battle at times. Just trying to do the things that are right. Just trying to do the things that are right. Galatians 7, Paul is writing. And Paul says, For that which I allow, I do allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. 
seems like a struggle, right? For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. When I look into myself, I want to do good. I have no solution. Seems like a battle to me. My God, hallelujah. Verse 19 says, For the good that I do not, I would, for the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil present, is present with me. My God. Does that seem like a struggle or a battle that somebody that we are facing? My God. Some people would say, boy, everywhere me turn, trouble find me. Yes, I want to live for God. Yes, I want to do the right things. But there is a struggle within my members to do the right thing. Because the flesh and the spirit wants two different things. My God. But, but, but Paul says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. My God. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Hallelujah. And bring me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Virgin, this is the struggle that we face. For many of us, it's not like we do not know what is right from what is wrong. It's not like we do not know what the word of God has said in our lives. But there is a constant struggle and a battle just to walk in right standing with God. To do what is right in the presence and in the mind of God. Because there is a war that is raging in even our members. Mighty God, somebody said we walk around with our biggest enemy every single day. And it is our flesh. A lot of the times we blame the adversary, we blame the enemy for what is happening in our life. Mighty God, but we have to understand and realize that our desires sometimes is the thing that brings us closer and closer to sin rather than the devil. The book of James said we are enticed by our own desires. Mighty God, and if we are honest with ourselves, a lot of the times it's not the devil. It's the thing that we want the most that is bringing us into sin. So, if you have a problem, you have to diagnose the problem be, to be able to solve the problem. So the problem is not the devil. Because if we are truthful to ourselves and when we want victory, we say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So if God is already on the inside and working on the inside, why God can't keep, help you to live above sin and above reproach? Why it is only convenient when we want blessing rather than to live right? The same God that will bless you in all the seasons of your life is the same God that will keep you walking daily in his will. But a lot of the times we are not truthful to ourselves and we're always finding somebody to blame. A lot of us, God has spoken to us time and time again. But the constant struggle and the battle in our minds. We know what God is requiring of us, but no, we don't want to do that because that's not what the heart wants. And we go our merry way down the wrong road. And when we reach down there, we start, but Jesus saved me. God, why am I here? You're here because you were disobedient to the word of God. Many of us, we should have been further than we are in our lives right now. But we were not obedient to the voice of God. We wanted to do it our way instead of God's way. It is a battle. It is a struggle. And that's what we have to contend with. Even within our very members, there is a struggle. Because the spirit is telling us to go one way, but our flesh is telling us to go the other way. How do we reconcile that position? The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. 
and lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways, some ways, all thy ways, acknowledge him. The problem, Virgin, I find is that some people, we don't want God in all our business. We choose what we tell God about. A lot of the times it might be because we know what the answers will be. So we keep some things to ourselves and we do not want to tell God about that part. Because you are determining your mind to go a particular direction. And you are afraid if you go before God and ask God, what should I do? He, should, he will say, go the opposite way. So you go about and do what you want to do. But you have to live with the consequences. David also had that struggle. David knew what he did was wrong. He lost, communicated, fornication, adultery, whatever it was. And even to the point now, blood on his hands because Uriah was now dead. And when he was confronted, he started to tell a lie. Sin, pantapa, sin, pantapa, sin. For many of us, we have an opportunity to turn back. We know we have not been living right. Yes, we want to see the glory of God manifested in our lives. And yes, God can do great exploits in your life even when you are not walking right. Yes, I said it. The children of God, while they, the children of Israel, while they went into the desert, they started complaining and murmuring. And Moses, as he would do, went to God and asked God what he should do with these people. And God told Moses that I will manifest my glory before their eyes. Even in their murmuring and complaining, God sent manna from heaven to feed them because he had a covenant with them. So you see that covenant that God has with you, even when you mess up sometimes on your wayward, God is still watching you and guiding your path, even when you can't feel him, even when you can't see him. My God, if it was not for that Elder Mark, many of us wouldn't be here. Because we are not perfect. We are not always walking as God said we should walk. We are sometimes complainers ourselves. And we do some things that do not please God. Many of us, we struggle with unforgiveness. And we love other people. And we vex with them and we come sit right beside them in church. We have that struggle. But God is calling us to a new level this morning. The battles that we fight, we shall overcome. The struggles that we face, we shall overcome. Anybody believe that this morning? So I, I leave the internal enemies and I go to the external enemies that we face. David, of course, had his internal struggles and many of us, we do. Can I see a raise of hands that we do have our own internal battles that we are fighting? My God, hallelujah. But also he was constantly fighting against other nations. And sometimes in his own house. And there's also a struggle fighting against the enemy of our souls. If we notice, if we go back to Psalm 21 in verse 8. Can you bring it up for me? I want you to notice the shift before as David prayed and he cried out to the Lord. He was speaking to himself as he spoke about the king. But when it went to the battles, there was a shift in terms of how it was postured. He said, thy hand, meaning God's hand, shall find out all thine enemies. There were still David's enemies. But David is saying that these are not my enemies. But they are your enemies. Thy hand shall find out all thy enemies. And, and thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. The truth is, brethren, the external battles that we are fighting, 
don't consider these persons to be your enemies. Because if they are warring against you, they are warring against God. Moses said that these people did not reject me. They rejected God. My God. And that's the struggle that we have as well. Because many a times we want to fight some battles that are not ours to fight. Many of the battles that we are fighting, I'm sorry to tell you, but these are not your battle to fight. Romans chapter 12, 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written in Deuteronomy 34, 35, Vengeance is mine, say the Lord. I will repay, say the Lord. I will repay, say the Lord. My God. Verse it's in Psalm 20, verse 6. Now I know that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. No, but we go down there and we lick them down with my fist. No, we will remember the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The struggle that we have this morning, Virgin, is that we don't remember the name of the Lord when we are in our battles. Some of us, we want to fight the battles ourselves. We're getting ready to trace. We're getting ready to knock some fists. We're getting ready to go to court. But God is saying, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Don't trust in the virgin that you know we have one little something upon him waist. Don't trust in your neighbor who you know can help defend you. Trust in the Lord. My God, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is serious, virgin. Hallelujah. It says they are brought down and they are fallen. But we are risen, mighty God, and stand upright. Virgin, there is a formula to victory. The formula to victory is not fighting the battle on your own. Remember, we are spiritual beings living in a physical world. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. So the strongholds that are in your life and that you're facing this morning, don't go there with your physical self trying to fight it. Somebody ought to be praying. Somebody ought to be calling out to God. Somebody ought to be fasting and calling on the name of Jesus. But we start consulting he, she, and everybody. But we have not gone to God. This battle is not ours. But it's the Lord's. Hallelujah. Psalm 21 verse 11 says, Though they plot against you and devise wicked schemes, they shall, they cannot succeed. If I'm writing a story and I'm starting a story and I tell you the conclusion before I get to the end, you already know that victory is yours. All you need to deal with is the in-between. So, Virgin, the battles you are fighting this morning, you just have to hold on. We already know what the end will be. Victory is yours. Whatever plan, whatever scheme, whatever seed, whatever the enemy has plotted, every device, every wicked scheme that has been set up against you, it cannot succeed. The Bible declares that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, the Lord will condemn. We know that the weapons are forming, but we know that they cannot succeed. Mighty God. Hallelujah. The enemies of God's kingdom in every generation shall fall under the same doom. It doesn't matter. 
back in the days of the patriarchs, today, and to come in the future, it's the same outcome. Mighty God, the devil already knows what his outcome will be. What he's trying to do is to get as much company with him to go into damnation. But I know that this battle is not mine, but it's the Lord. And I shall not retreat, and I shall not surrender. I won't throw in the, the white flag. My God. It says the whole generation, their seeds shall be utterly destroyed. It means that their entire generation shall be rooted out. My God, hallelujah. Every opposition that you face shall be brought down to naught. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every principality, every power, every high thing must be brought down. Hallelujah. In verse 12, it says, and this is the verse I like the most. It says, you will make them turn their backs when you aim at them with a drawn bow. Mighty God. So, Elder George, can you imagine you're in battle? Your enemies are supposed to be facing you to see exactly what you're doing. But the word of God is saying that your enemies will turn their backs. They shall be confused by what God is doing. Hallelujah. The enemies you are facing right now, they shall be confused. They shall be utterly destroyed. Because when they get in battle with you, they thought they were fighting you. But they did not know that they were really fighting against God. And anything come up against God that most did. If he wanted, he could put the earth, he could melt it to wax right now. That's the God that I serve. But because you see me as a representative that is standing before you, you thought I was here on a mission by myself, representing myself. But I'm here on mission for the king. And when you decide to war against me, you're warring against the decree that is made by the king. And anything that God says, it is yes and amen. So imagine any word that has been released over my life. And the enemy, any enemy that it may be, you don't want to be my enemy. Any enemy that is standing before me is not warring against me of myself. But he's warring against the God. And if anybody who I know to be any bucketive that is sure and is in good standing to do exactly what he says he's going to do, that is God. My hands can't reach where God's hands will reach. My voice cannot reach where God's voice will reach. Mighty God, the weapons that are at my disposal will not reach where the weapons are. So they saw you when you walked into the business place. They saw you when you walked into the boardroom. They saw you when you walked into the meeting. And they thought, oh, look at him. We're going to eat him up. Oh, God Almighty. But what they did not see was that the Spirit of God was upon you. And that you were marked for success. And that you were marked for victory. And anything that stands against a child of God shall be brought down. They cannot succeed. Yes, they will fight. Yes, where they will come with their strategies. Yes, they will scheme and they will plot against you. But they cannot succeed. Somebody declare that no weapon. Somebody declare in the atmosphere. I know you have some battles that are going on in your mind right now. And I know there is a specific thing that you're looking on right now. And you're saying no weapon. But as you open up your mouth in this atmosphere, you're releasing a word into prophetic. That no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Everything, every boat 
that opens themselves against me, the Lord is going to condemn. Ah, oh God, God is going to fight your battles. God is going to fight your battles. God is getting ready to fight your battles. Ah, oh God Almighty, somebody says it's not my will, but thine be done. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. So don't hide from your enemies. Be bold. Be very courageous. And I say, don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Because God has promised that he shall be with you always. Even until the very end. So it doesn't matter how intense that battle seems right now. Oh God Almighty, I heard the song says, even when I don't see him, he's working. Even when I can't feel him, he's working. Oh Jesus. Rabo Shakande. Oh God Almighty, I hear another songwriter said, God is working it out. One thing I know, mighty God, hallelujah. God will work it out. Virgin, we already know what the end will be. Hold on. No retreat. No surrender. No retreat. No surrender. We're not throwing no white flag. Yes, the enemy will come. Yes, the enemy will battle. But we will stand. We will remember the name of the Lord. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fire of God's wrath will consume them. Them know who them are trouble. Them know who them are trouble. My God, hallelujah. If they knew who was standing before them, they wouldn't have messed up and uttered a word against me. Oh God Almighty, yes, I might look like I don't have it together. I may look like I don't have the money that you have. I look like I don't have the right answers. I don't speak as eloquent as you want me to be. But I am still a child of God and I have his vocative. And when I am on mission, when I'm on a path, don't get in my way. God is going to fight my battles. Mighty God, hallelujah, 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 Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, but he shall make them, he shall make themselves, watch this, watch this, he shall make themselves, he shall make them themselves as a fiery oven or furnace. They shall be their own tormentors. Sister Denise, I would have warned them. No trouble who no trouble you. Ah, oh, God Almighty. Hallelujah. They shall be their own tormentors. Mighty God, hallelujah. Do you remember the story of Jehoshaphat? When he went and he did what God commanded him. And he prayed and he fasted. And he started to release praise and worship unto the Lord. And the enemies, they turned against each other. Keep praying. Keep singing a song unto the Lord. Keep lifting up a voice with triumph. God is going to fix it for you. Oh, God Almighty, I don't know what is happening in your life right now. But God is saying, don't worry about it. I've got this. I've got this. Keep lifting up your hands. Keep shouting. Keep worshiping. Keep singing and dancing. I've got this. I've got this. They shall be confused. They shall be tormented. They shall be their own enemies. Hallelujah! Mighty God! 
mighty God. Glory be to God. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if you understand, Virgin, who you are and whose you are. The mark that is on your life, it means that you are not normal. I put it to you, Virgin, that some persons who have messed up with you and are going to mess with you, you have to go to God and ask God to ease them up. When he begins to pour out his wrath upon your enemies, those who stand in your way, you will have to be the same person to go to God and say, God, don't kill them. Them don't know who they might play with. Brethren, my position and my stance in life has changed. Mighty God, I don't see why I should have been struggling out there in the world and come to be a child of God and struggling with certain things. I'm not going to quarrel. I'm not going to fuss. I'm not going to cuss with anybody. You mess with me, I'm going to bring you up to God. They are going to know your God. You remember the Hebrew boys? Remember Daniel? They wanted Daniel to change to what their kingdom principles were. And when God showed up in the midst, they acknowledged Daniel's God to be the true and living God. The place that you are at right now, you just need to stand still and know that he is God. Stand still and see the manifestation of the glory of God in your life. Don't worry about it. God is going to fix it for you. I wish somebody would get that in their spirit. God is going to fix it for you. All I ask is that you allow God to move the way he wants to move in your life. Remember the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord in your troubles. No cuss, no quarrel. The battles that you're facing in your life is not here to cause you to sin, but to go as an even deeper and greater level in God. The battles that you are facing right now, you shall win and you must win. The battles you are facing is to bring you to an even greater glory in God. You shall stand and see the manifestation of the glory of God in your life. The battle is not yours. The battle is not yours. You have been fighting too long. You have been be butter bruised by the enemy for too long. Because your strategy is wrong. You have the right tools. God Almighty. God says, I will give you the power to tread upon serpents. God says, greater work shall you. You have the right tools, but you're not using them correctly. Now is the time to be strategic in your approach to the battles that you are facing. Before you move and start doing anything, God, what do you want me to do? Shall I pursue? Shall I pursue? I know you want to pursue, you know. But shall I pursue? My God. God, you have to tell me if I should go. Because if I go on my own fruition, I will fail. If I go even though I have the right tools, 
and I am not moving by your leading, I will fail. So God, shall I pursue? And if you are walking in obedience and you're pursuing according to the will of God, you shall overtake. And you shall recover all. There is no foe that can, be def can defeat us. Mighty God, I serve a mighty king. Victory belongs to Jesus today. Victory belongs to him. The battle is not mine. It is the Lord's. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. God bless you. Walk in victory this morning. Verse 13 says, Be exalted in your strength, Lord. We will sing and praise your might. After all is said and done, it's not my will, but thy be done. In the name of Jesus. God bless you this morning. Victory belongs to Jesus. Hallelujah.